Good morning, Lakeway friends and family. Welcome to you who are in person at our Lakeway campus and welcome to you who are joining us online. I'm not there today in person. I'm actually in Mejia, Texas at Fort Parker State Park with 30 or so of our men for our annual men's retreat. If you're a guest joining us for the first time, let me introduce myself. My name is Mike Bishop. I'm the pastor at Lakeway. And my prayer for you is that you will find a warm welcome with us today and that you will be challenged spiritually and that you'll come back and join us next week when we'll all be back there in person. Now, for those that don't know, the theme for the retreat this year and also the theme for our church as a whole is called. The key passage of scripture that we're building this theme on is 1 Peter 2.9. But you are not like that. For you are a chosen people, you are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness and into his wonderful light. Now, because the theme of the retreat and the theme of the church is the same called, here's what I'm going to do this morning. I don't want you to miss out on what we're doing down here. So I'm going to encapsulate the whole weekend retreat for you in 30 minutes. Now, if you've got a family member or a loved one down here, please don't tell them that I did this because they're going to be thinking, why did I come all the way down there for a whole weekend if Pastor Mike is going to do the whole thing in 30 minutes on Sunday morning? Next week, I'll just stay at church for the, for the revised version. Now, obviously, you're not going to get the same level of teaching and in-depth study that we're doing down here but you'll at least get the gist of it all. Now, there are five sessions, and I'm going to go through each session really quickly. And each session talks about a different aspect of what we are or who we are called to be and called to do in Christ. The first call is the call to connect. Now, this is a multifaceted call, but it's the very first call. The first call that Jesus, he calls us to be connected to him, to be in Christ. We begin a relationship with him. Secondly, he calls us to be connected to his community. His body on earth is the church. The scripture that we just read is plural. It says you are a chosen people, royal priests, a holy nation. You know, if you're out there, this is your first time visiting or you're watching online because, you know, you're interested and you've been wondering about a new church and you're investigating what this church is all about. I'm really glad that you're connecting this morning because I believe that that is God's Holy Spirit at work in you, calling you into community with his body, the church. We're not meant to be alone. We're meant to be connected together. You, we all are connected in community. First to Jesus as Lord and Savior. That's the first connection. We invite Jesus into our heart. We ask him to be our Lord. We ask him to be our Savior. We make a choice to live our lives as a follower of Christ. The first step of obedience in that is is baptism. The second step is into community with his body, the church. Galatians 1.6 says, God by his grace through Christ has called you to become his people. God, by his grace through Christ. So that's the first part of the call, the call to connect. Has called you to become his people. 
the second part of the call, the call to connect as church. So this is our first calling. The next session that we did is called the call to become. And it's a call to become like Jesus. So we get into this relationship with Jesus. We invite him into our lives as Lord and Savior. We connect to his church. And now Jesus invites us to learn from him, to be like him. Romans 8, verses 28 and 29. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance. And he chose them to become like his son, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. So let me break that down a bit. We're connected together like brothers and sisters by spiritual DNA for the purpose of becoming like Jesus. Jesus is the firstborn of this spiritual family. He's like the big brother, the example for all the other siblings to emulate Now, a lot of people, you know, they invoke this scripture from Romans 8, but they don't always consider the context. I mean, how many times when we're facing difficulties and challenges do we quote or have this quoted to us? God uses all things for good. I mean, we hear that all the time, and he does. But the scripture says he does it for a certain group for a specific purpose. He causes all things to work together for the called. And those who are called according to his purpose so that they may become like his son, Jesus. That means that we have the same characteristics, the same values, the same goals, the same purpose as Jesus. Big brother Jesus, the example. And we're to learn for him. The call to become is a call to learning. Well, how do you learn? Well, first by instruction. Second, by experimentation. Third, by doing, and fourth, by teaching. So let me break this down a little bit for you. First, by instruction. Well, we've got the manual, right? We have the Bible. We need to study it. Personal time alone, Bible study with others, small group, church on Sunday morning. It needs to be a part of our daily routine at different levels to study His Word. And then the questions that we would ask the Scriptures regarding you know, becoming like Jesus is, what did Jesus do? How did he do it? Why did he do it? The second way we learn it is by trying, you know, experimenting. Psalm 25, 4 and 5 says, Show me the right path, O Lord. Point out the road for me to follow. Lead me by your truth and teach me, for you are the God who saves me. Well, saves me from what? Saves me from wrong choices. Now, here's the deal. When it comes to morality and right and wrong, we don't want to make the wrong choices. But when it comes to obedience and seeking God's direction, it's absolutely okay to make the wrong choices. Let me explain. I know so many people who are frozen into inactivity because they're not sure what God has called them to do. Well, let me tell you what he wants you to do. Something. He wants you to do something. I'll tell you what he doesn't want, for you to do nothing. Now, if you can find me a scripture that teaches God's desire is for you to do nothing, I'll take you out for dinner every night for a week. But you've got to show me a scripture where it says God wants you to do nothing. That's different than be still before the Lord, because being still is doing something. God wants you to do something. 
And if you have to take a few wrong paths to find out what that something is, that's okay. Experiment a little. Try some things out. Try this ministry. Try that ministry. God will show you. Ask God to show you. Lord, I want to know what to do. And then start moving. God will show you what to do. You know, you've heard me say it so many times. You can't steer a parked car. But if a car is moving, if you're moving, God can steer you in the right direction. You might be going in the wrong direction, in the wrong ministry. He'll bring you over to the right ministry. You know, we have a weird perspective of failure in the Western world. If, if something doesn't go right, you know, we call it a failure. But in many parts of the world, that's not the case. When you try something and it doesn't work, that's not considered a failure. That's considered a step in the right direction. You're discovering what does work. Well, it's not that. You're eliminating the no's to get to the yes. So experiment and God will show you. The third way we learn is by doing, which is also the third call in the third session. We call this the call to bless. When we're doing what God has called us to do, we are blessing others. Every act of obedience to God is an act of blessing to others. James 1.22 says, But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are just fooling yourselves. So step one, connect to Christ, connect to his community. Step two, seek to become like Christ by learning from him. Step three, become a blessing by putting what we have learned into action. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's masterpiece. Think about that. God looks upon you as a masterpiece, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So experiment at some things. Find out what it is that God's called you to do. But once God has shown you, do it. Dive in. 1 Peter 4.10 says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. The fourth way we learn is by teaching, which is also the fourth session and the fourth call at our retreat. We called it the call to build. We build the kingdom by passing on to others those things that were passed on to us. We call this discipleship. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel others with all the wisdom he gives. The fifth session is a session that the guys are actually learning right now while you're watching this. They're doing this session. And there are three parts to this one. This is the big picture kind of thing of, of calling. So the first part, everyone is called. I believe a fundamental problem for people not living out their call is that they don't understand the nature of a call. They think a call is something grand, something big that only applies to specific people. You know, a call to ministry or a call to the mission field, typically a profession. Somebody leaves their job to go to seminary and, and you know, take up a, a, a paid position. And, you know, they think, well, that's not me. Therefore, I'm not called. God's not calling me into ministry. God's not calling me into the mission fields. Those calls are reserved for the super spiritual not the ordinary Joe and Janet. You know, I help out where I can. I do my part, but I'm not called. That is wrong, wrong, wrong. Now, absolutely, 
God calls certain people into those kind of roles. But everyone is called. Look at our scripture. It says, but you are not like that. For you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. It is absolutely plural. It doesn't say some of you. It says you. You are a chosen people. Not some of you are a chosen people. Not some of you are called. Not some of you are there to share the good news. You all. In Texas, it's all y'all, right? Back in the early Bible, a call typically was a blast on the horn, the shofar. And it was a signal for, for all the people. And it could serve multiple purposes. Sometimes it would be a warning of danger. Let people know that danger is, is, is approaching. It could be a call to a place of gathering. You know, when I was a kid and we used to play games, we, used to, we had a call, Oli Oli In, Oli Oli In. I mean, everybody gathered together. A call, a sound of the horn could be a call to arms, a call to action. But it was for everyone. When the call was made, everyone heard the horn, not some. Now, if you were asleep, someone would wake you up. Hey, we're being called. If you're out of range, someone would come and tell you, hey, we're being called. It's still the same. That's, that's the mission field right there. Now, the second part of this one. So first, everyone is called. The second part, the call is first to who and then to do. It's who do. First to who and then to do. Before the Lord ever calls us to do something, he calls us to be something. You see, the question that, that I hear people ask is, what am I called to do? But a better question is, who am I called to become? If you put who before do, you're on the right path. But if you put do before who, that can spell disaster. Let me explain. So God has called me to be a pastor, a preacher of the good news. But God has also called me to be husband to my wife, Sandra. He called me to be dad to James, Amy, and Rachel Claire, my children. He called me to be granddad to my grandchildren. He also called me to be a witness in my neighborhood, in my community. Those callings all mesh together in who he has called me to be. But if I put do before who, it can get really messy. For instance, if I'm not living out my calling as a husband to my wife, there's a lot of arguing and fighting with her and I'm not treating her right. Or if I'm driving around town road raging at people, flipping people off. Or I'm being disrespectful in the waiter in the restaurant because, you know, they put peas on my plate and I ask for beans. And then I come here on Sunday and, and I might preach the greatest message ever on Sunday morning. And for those that don't know all those other things, they're going, wow, Pastor Mike, that was just awesome. That was life-changing for me. But my wife and kids are thinking, how can he stand up there and talk about love and grace? How can he stand up there and talk about bearing with one another and being kind and forgiveness and act like he does at home? Or the person who was in the restaurant witnessing my rant 
because the food wasn't right, is, is sitting out there thinking, really? I mean, th- th- there has to be an integrity in the call. Who you are called to be is just as important as what you are called to do. You can't separate those out. What you are called to do should always be an extension of who you are called to be. Now, does that mean one cannot answer God's call until, you know, they got everything cleaned up in their act? Well, the answer to that is kind of yes and no. Because uh, it gets a little difficult here because most often the formation of who we are is in the do. Now, we'll unpack that dynamic in the coming weeks. But if you're looking to some grandiose calling, a title, or a position, before you look to your character, then integrity is missing. And you're going to embarrass the name of God, you're going to embarrass the church, and you're going to embarrass Christians in general. Now, the third part of this one, we must answer the call. This is absolutely vital. So we've got the call to connect, the call to become, the call to bless, the call to build. But none of these matter if you don't answer the call. Revelation 3.20 says, look, I stand at the door and knock. This is Jesus talking. I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice, if you hear my call and open the door, I will come in. And we will share a meal together as friends. We'll have this relationship. But here's the thing. Jesus knocks at the door. He doesn't open the door. He doesn't force his way in. He knocks at the door. He calls. It's up to us to respond to his knock, up to us to respond to his voice, his call. First, to who, and then to do. It's a choice we make, and it's a choice we keep on making. You see, answering God's call is not a -a once-in-a-lifetime thing. It's a whole life thing. And every day, every moment thing. 1 Thessalonians 4, 7 says, God has called us to live holy lives. 2 Timothy 1, 9 says, For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. This is a lifetime thing. If you never answer God's call, your life, is not going to be all that God has called it to be. And you're going to miss out on much. Now, I know I've thrown a lot at you this morning. You've probably got more questions than answers. I mean, like, who am I called to be? What if, what if I miss my calling? What if I don't know what I'm called to do? How do I respond to this, Pastor Mike? So obviously, there's a lot more to talk about on this subject of call, but that's okay. Be patient. It's a process. Over the next weeks, months, this whole year, we're going to work through this stuff together. We're going to unpack this stuff together. We're going to help you discover who God is calling you to be, what he's calling you to do, and how to take the next steps. You know, the world is a difficult place with lots of distractions, lots of darkness, and lots of confusion and fear. But you're not like that. For you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation. God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Stick with us. Come back next week and we'll begin to unpack this thing called. Amen.
Let me pray. Father, I give you thanks for everybody gathered at Lakeway. I give you thanks for those who are watching online. And I know I've thrown a lot out there this morning, Father. But we seek to hear your call. We seek to understand your call. We seek to answer your call so that we can be all that you've called us to be and live joyful, purposeful lives. Father, bless each and every one that is here today, those who are watching online. Keep them safe, keep them well. Bless them so that they can leave here and be a blessing. Father, open our ears, open our eyes, that we may see you and hear you and respond to your call. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.